everybody. This is Vicky Corici, aka Maker Billy, and we're talking about a nightmare on Elm Street today. Get ready. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Delavan, snowy Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Ephraim Guzman. My co-host today, she's a makeup effects specialist. She's my friend and yours, ladies and gentlemen, Vicky Clarici. Vicky, what is going on? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How's (laughs) How's Canada, eh? How's Canada? Oh man, so much snow. Yeah. Just like you guys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is the real winter wonderland. Where's Christmas now when you need it, man? <laughs> it's true. Eh? Our Christmas had like nothing on the floors. So it's like, I guess we just bring out the tree again and celebrate all over again. Bring back the nog. <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss that eggnog too. Um, so today, we're doing something different today. Today, you're going to help me because we're going to do a movie review of a classic 1984, a film directed by Wes Craven, A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I know people's like, A Nightmare on Elm Street? This came out in the 80s? But no, you know, where I'm like, I've been doing movie reviews of Scarface, the reviews of Carlito's Way, but like, I'm doing like a lot of, yeah, I'm doing a lot of classics. So, you know, instead of, I know everybody's saying, you know, Halloween or whatnot. And, you know, I know Halloween is a classic, too, but this right here is a definitely a masterpiece of horror, a cinematic masterpiece, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, Wes Craven. Um, Vicky, um, do you remember when you first saw Night- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and how did it affect you when you seen it? I'll make you laugh. I think I only saw Nightmare on Elm Street later on in my high school days, so it might have been like grade 11 for me ish oh wow i was always a big halloween fan right so i stuck with myers for a long time and then i was diving into a lot more of the old italian 70s films first okay yeah. like the dario argentos yeah exactly okay. i was one of those kids who's like i'm punk rock i gotta be different <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know like those moments where you're like i'm gonna dive and find the most obscure things because Freddy was such a it was such a pop culture icon, right? Yeah. It was kinda like liking Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin in high school. I'm like, yeah, you all like the same shit. But I finally watched it back then and I remember I remember the first one, this one that we're talking about being so haunting. Yes. Yeah. So well done. I was like, Why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> yeah. I know, and the thing is the premise of the movie to me, it's still like has it still holds weight, you know, like the whole like backstory of Freddy Krueger, and to me, the first movie itself, you know, the other movies, they have their moments, you know, Part Three has his moments, and certain certain um, sequels have their moments, but this one really solidified how like psychotic and like crazy Freddy Krueger was, you know, like without knowing without knowing like the 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 dream demons or none of that stuff, but just like. Um, the little bit of the backstory you got where he was like a, like a, a, a child, like it's implied to me. Yeah, it's like, it was like a pedo dude. Yeah. He was, it, it, was it. yeah, it, yeah. It's pretty much, he was like a child pedophile, child pedophile, child murderer or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. you get that in that movie, but then the later sequels, they kind of, 
disregard that, but this movie was not so PC back then. Like he was a child, like like rapist, right? Child pedophile or whatnot. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like that whole vigilanteism behind it too, right? Spoiler yeah. Alert, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen this, you better go watch it because this takes place in the '80s. So spoil everything you want. This is this is a spoiler review. So go ahead. Yeah. Amazing hair too. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you also have um, Amanda Wiss is in it, Heather Langenkamp. Um, you have a lot of other supporting players in this. John Saxon, the legendary John Saxon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, cameo, not even a cameo, but Johnny Depp's in the movie, you know. like Yeah, that's his first movie. Yeah. To me, that blows my mind. Like, imagine him. I wonder, I don't know the story behind how he got that gig, but it's one of those things where it's like, yo, man, I hope he, like, high-fives his agent on that one. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really, really, like, like everybody in that movie is like, the thing what I liked about the movie, especially in the 80s, they don't get these glamorized so-called older people to make them look like teenagers or, you know, they're getting, you know, they're getting people who look like, like, like the back of the movies, like the 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink, like they actually look exactly. like somebody you would be in school with, not somebody who's yeah. overly sexualized or overly handsome, you know, like everybody looks normal in a way, you know, I, I don't know if it's because it took place in the 80s and it has that 80s look, but no one looked extremely glamorous, don't you think? I agree, yeah, and it's like, even their styles, like everybody, all the girls were fairly, even though there was some sexuality behind it, of course, they were all, you know, covered up, wearing those, like, baggy sweaters, baggy pants, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> the brown belts, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it, very, like, I don't know, this movie, to me, it's always stood out, always. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, the beginning of the movie it's basically him making his glove, you know, him making his glove in the movie. And then you're like, what the hell is going on here? As like, the first time you were watching it, you're just like, okay, there's something going on here. And then when he puts the glove on and then like he opens his hands, then you see the, you know, the title, you know, the title credit is A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's like, okay, now you're getting into it. Like, okay, what's going on here? And like, the thing about Freddy Krueger is like, I don't think, you know, there's, no other like character like him where is like he terrorizes you but he terrorizes you at your most vulnerable which is at your sleep you know so like that's like the perfect yeah. way to get someone um what are your yeah. thoughts on like freddy krueger as a character and a horror icon like what are your thoughts about freddy i love him honestly like i said before it took me a while to actually get into it and then finally after watching this one i was just like mind blown by him I'm like, this is creepy. Not only, he's like a shapeshifter. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. he can be whatever he wants in your dreams. Also, just his backstory makes it even creepier. Even just his little tongue freaking flick that he does at the beginning yeah. of the movie when he's chasing <laughs> yeah. her in the boiler room. Like, yeah. Dude, you, you get that, like, strange vibe from him. Like, you know something's up. And he's, like, he is scary looking, this creepy burned dude yeah. who's, like, coming after all these kids. Yeah. And there's that whole, that whole um, vibe around it where it's like, holy shit, you don't want to sleep. Mm-hmm. But we've all been there, you know, where we've tried staying up for X amount of days or hours and you're hitting that drowsy point. Yeah. And it's that moment where you're like, am I awake or am I not? And that's what messes with me with this film because... I think we've all felt that before, and you're like, whoa, is this real or not? You know? Yeah. 
and you'll see like Nancy having coffee to stay awake or whatnot, and you know yeah. caffeine pills and stuff like that. You know, you like, you know, it's it's so eighties. The movie like it's really dated, but it's just like so good in a way because You're you know dated but timeless. You yes, know? yes, yes. Yeah, and you know what? One thing that really stands out to me about this film, I love Wes Craven. I think he's great. Scream mm-hmm. is amazing. Like in, what is it, the people in the basement? What? Oh, people, the, the house, uh, cemetery. Yeah, people under the stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people under the stairs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all the people, all the dead things, under things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I was going to say one thing about it is, uh, oh man, no, I'm having a brain fart, man. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> oh no, okay, yeah, yeah. The whole thing is with this film. Is it still scary? Yeah. You know, a lot of horror movies that come out, there's that whole B-movie genre that came up where a lot of people like horror comedy. I've always been somebody who hasn't been into that. I want to watch something that's going to evoke emotion out of me and make me remember that when I'm going to bed. Let me have those nightmares. And this is one of those that stood true to that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It stayed scary. It played on those nuances each one of those dream sequences where he fucks people up you're yeah. like holy shit i've thought about that when i've been in the bathtub like you never know <laughs> yeah. yeah and to me like the simplest effects like that effects where he's coming through the wall you know and the oh, wall so is like good. moving and then i think i think if you i think seeing like the making of it that's just like a simple effect it wasn't like nothing mm-hmm. nothing computerized it was something like you know practical effects it's just crazy what they could do and then the whole thing where the girl's in the ceiling and he's invading her in her dreams that's insane yeah it's yeah. it's crazy you know like it's a yeah. whole psychological thriller and whatnot and you know exactly. yeah and freddie if you think about it, he's not in the movie that much he's he has less than 10 minutes of screen time in the movie like he's not in the Are movie serious yeah i think i think he's not in the movie a long time like he's more in the movie like if you in, in tally and total of it, I believe I don't know. You could look that up too. I believe he's in the movie probably like ten minutes, probably like you know he's more he he's more visible in the end, but he's in he's he's in in the beginning and the middle. He's bits and pieces, bits and pieces. That's all you see. Less is more. Less is more. You know. Yeah, you know that that's that whole like the movie Aliens, like the movie The Thing. It's that whole vibe where the suspense, you know. Yeah. Suspense like is like hiding it, leaving it to your imagination. That's what I find about this one because you're, you're telling me this about only 10 minutes on screen. I believe that because, again, this is so much more psychological mm-hmm. where you're thinking about him the whole time. Like, when's the next time he's coming? Yeah. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I know. And then there's like a, there's like a science behind it because Wes Craven wanted colors that. I think affect the eye or something like that. Something like colors like red and green. I think because originally they wanted to make him like red and yellow, like a sweater or like a different type of color they wanted to put on. But they wanted something that's like abstract to the color of the eye. So you see red, you see green, like a solid color. I don't know. I don't know what red and green does to the eye, but something that's catchy, I guess you know. And then like oh, you know. I forget my color theory from school, but legit red and green, it's one of those things where you look at it and it does stand out. Yeah, like Christmas, you know, red and green, you know, like mm-hmm. you get that, that vibe. And also, um, like, you know, I like I know like they had the Nightmare on Elm Street, the series where 
it's, it's kind of it's it's horrible episode. Like, but if, if you see like no more Mister Nice Guy on the first episode, I think it was at the pilot episode, or like you see like the whole story of Freddy Krueger. But this one, you get like the words from the parents from um Nancy's mom and dad, like of how. Freddy got caught, and how the parents burned them up and whatnot, and then he comes out later in their dreams and gets revenge on the kids of the parents that burned them alive, like the the vigilante group that, you know, took matters into their own hands because I think it was a mistrial or whatnot, so, and then... Try, like, explaining it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then, you know, it's... You know, eventually you find out there's these little dream demons that he makes a bargain with, and then they give him the power, but... You know, to me, I know that explanation is like, like watching it, like later on in life and seeing like, okay, so he made a deal with some dream demons and then he got it. It's like, I think I would have rather had it as a mystery than know what it was. Like, I almost like, you know, like, did you want to know Darth Vader was a whiny little kid instead of having the mystique of not knowing what Darth Vader was? You know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes knowing is not so much fun you know but yeah. it's better to leave things ambiguous so leave it as a mystery but absolutely it keeps you thinking after and it sticks with you for longer yeah that's why it's like hella more impactful you know yeah but freddie was like you know he was just like butchering people left and right psychologically it's like he gets like he fucks around with you he fucks around with you fucks around with you until you're at your weakest points and then bam he kills you and the thing is he kills you with your worst fears, with your worst type of shit, you know, like, he fucking tortures you, and is like, you know, you feel like you're going crazy, but, you know, I think he feeds off that fear, because that's how he gets his power, too, you know? Yeah, and all those, like, I love, like, I watch, like, the whole behind-the-scenes thing, and I love how they come up with these scenarios for the dreams, too. It's like those moments where you're like, all right, let's tap into shit that, like, what creeps people out you know like what scares people i love how they ended up developing a lot of these scenes like i don't know about you i think my favorite scene in that film is legit when she's in the classroom you got that body bag person oh yes (laughs) (sighs) that whole like the whole movie itself the score is amazing right yeah but that scene I find, like, do you remember being young and staying after school for some reason? Like, my mom worked a lot, so I would get picked up way later. I would be, like, that last kid to leave. And when schools are empty and it's dark, like, lights are off, and it it just has a certain creepy essence, yeah. I find, he, like, Wes Craven nailed that. Yes, yes. And to believe he's not here with us any longer, Wes Craven, wow. You know, like... Yeah. Like, you know, when you, when you think people are going to live forever, like, you're like, Wes Craven, what? Like, you know, like, you're just in shock. You can't believe it. But, you know, mm-hmm. he left his stamp in the horror genre with this film. And, um, Big time. you know, you have John Saxon in the movie, too, as Nancy's dad, too. Was a, He's a great, great actor from, like, the 70s and whatnot. He been The Last Dragon and Bruce Lee movies. And then, you know, seeing him here. Like, I don't know. He has that, like, George Hamilton tan. He has, like, that dark-ass tan. You know, like, he's been yeah. in Miami Beach or something. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, what was that word? Like, when they're all, like, cut angular faces, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, he's got that jawline. That <laughs> and then that little side haircut, like, where he's losing yeah. your hair, but you comb it to the side where it looks like you still have hair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What do you What do you thought about Heather Langenkamp as Nancy? I think everybody did freaking good on this, honestly. Yeah. 
and like she was she's such an innocent looking girl and kind of like you said they didn't cast this in a way that like everybody looks like they're 30 trying to play like yeah. a 16 year old i almost felt uncomfortable watching it you know in the sense that i'm like wow like she's so yeah yeah. You know, you know, like when there's provocative moments, and you're like, "Oh, this kid might be underage," like you know. <laughs> yeah. But like, I find they really capture that she's just this innocent, you know, high school kid that's like going through some rough shit. <laughs> yep. And yeah. I, I know what's fucked up about it is like the parents knew the shit that she was going through. Then eventually, they fucking told her what was happening. Like you know, like the person you're describing, we killed. You know, and then, like, the mother had the gloves and, you know, the hat and whatnot and shit, you know? And then it's like, all right, you're telling her all this and she's telling you this, but you still don't fucking get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... <laughs> Add it up. <laughs> like, how would she know that's the person you killed and whatnot, you know? Like, I don't know. It's like, they don't... Everybody was like... Even her mother seemed like she was, like, she was, you know, she was an alcoholic. Like, she was all fucked up and shit, too, so she couldn't really, like, help and whatnot. And you she's know. such a babe, you know? It's like, I find she has this humbling horror queen vibe to her, you know? Like, a bit like Jamie Lee Curtis in the original Halloween, where you're like, you're not the typical, you know, blonde, blue eyes, huge boobs yeah. to be a lead. You're like this, I don't know, there, there's something so special about her. I yeah. think she, she killed it. Yeah, like, she's not, like, glamorously gorgeous. Like, it's like like the girl next door. That's the best way to describe exactly. it. She's the girl next door, you know? Yeah, yeah. Somebody, it's almost like a Molly Ringwald type girl. You know how Molly Ringwald was in The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink, you know? She's like the girl next door look. That's the... Yeah, yeah this, <laughs> you don't know who she is? Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. Pretty in Pink is, like, guys, I'm embarrassed, too. It's, like, one of my top things. Yeah. When it comes to, like, rom. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> you see she has that girl next door look, like that, like, regular simple look, you know? Yeah. But, um, I don't know, like, um, I think A Nightmare on Elm Street really, like, I think it set the tone, and I think compare, like, Friday the 13th, like, Friday the 13th with A Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, those are movies that have multiple, multiple sequels, like, um, Freddy at that point, at, at part one, was, like, such fear and terror, but, like, the later sequels, he became a caricature, and, like, action figures of Freddy, and, and, you know, like, inventive ways to kill you, and I think he changed Very during... creative. Yeah, 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 but, like, I think the sequels changed him and made him, like, a comedian more than, like, I don't know, exactly. more than scary, but... I guess it was the changing times, you know, where, like, the inventive way to die and the, you know, funny one-liners and whatnot. But to me, like, the the Freddy from the first film really significant, you know, it really made an impact of how he was, like, just nuts and crazy and a sexual deviant and just, like, just raw and nasty, you know. And, and at, at, at that film, it's just like you're, like, you're seeing, like, inventive ways of him killing people and psychologically fucking up the teenagers of like like killing Nancy's friends and using her friends like she's seeing like her friend in the in the body back like you were saying and just seeing her friend like oh shit you know like he's really mm-hmm. fucking with their heads and whatnot you know what I think is really cool too like I mean this movie was done when it was like 84 84 yeah. 84, 84, 84 yeah so 84 think about the movie Inception Yes. That's been, like, very recent. But this is, like, in a way, the Inception, but horror movies. Yep. 
just the way it's played out because man like you know like i rewatched this like legit this morning because i'm like yo i need to refresh this memory but like you feel that sense of shit is she dreaming is she not is he dreaming is he not you know yeah. and then you have those cute little clues of like you know his pattern somewhere in the room or like like on the car in the end you know you're like oh fuck you're screwed <laughs> Oh man! And even like the like I was bringing up the music before. You watched the behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Insane how they came up with that tune. Like he's just talking. Like sometimes you just gotta, you know, do a little off note and putz around that, and you're like, oh my god, just from hitting that one note, like, (laughs) man, it's eerie. I'm like that blows my mind. I love that about horror movies. I know, and then like in a way, like. It's hinted in, like, the first movie how you could sort of, like, kill Freddy in a way. Because, remember, they took Nancy to the hospital and they were, you know, they were, like, analyzing her brain about her dreams and whatnot. She pulled the fucking hat out of the dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't explain how she got the hat. They were just, like, in shock. You had this hat the whole time? Like, it sort of implied that you can pull him out of the dream. Then as the movie gets into it, you know, into it when... Freddie and Nancy have that confrontation. She pulls him out the dream, and he's in the real world. And then that's when she has the house set up like um, Home Alone, but for horror horror killers, you know, basically. And then does that whole shit like he was vulnerable, you know, at that time. But him escaping by going through the mother, you know, he went back to the mother's dream, killing the mother and escaping in the dream world again. So, like, the first one pretty much... Like, when you see it in hindsight, it pretty much shows you, okay, so you can bring him out, you can hurt him, and you can pretty much kill him in the real world. You know, which they end up doing in the Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, but, you know, like, and then that, then they have Freddy versus Jason, which is a totally deviation of the whole shit, whatever, just to get the two franchises together, like Godzilla versus Kong, but... Yeah, but I never saw that one. I won't lie. Was it worth it? Which one, Freddy versus Jason? Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was worth it. It was it, like at that time. I remember like the whole when I went to go see it a long time ago in the theaters. The whole audience cheered after the movie was over. You know, so oh, I was like, okay, good vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. And you're you also know. bringing two different vibes together, right? Like Friday people. There's Freddy people, there's Halloween people, yeah. but mashing up the two, that must have been so much fun. It was. I know people were kind of upset because Kane Hodder was in Jason in the movie, and he pretty much was like the Jason for a, most of the, of the Jason films. But um, the other guy, Ken Kurzinger, I believe he was, he was okay mm-hmm. too, you know. It was really yeah. good. And I think they tried to get um, Betsy Palmer, who played the original mom of Jason in Friday the 13th, they tried to get her back, but I think she wanted X amount of dollars, so they got some random actress to do it. So, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, but um, uh, other than that, though, it was good. It was it was good popcorn fun. That's all I can say. It was popcorn fun, you know? You get references from, like, the first Nightmare on Elm Street. You got references for Friday the 13th, but it was good. Nice. Yeah, but, I saw one of them in theaters. I'm trying to think. There was a late, late, late one that they made, maybe like. Yeah, because I because I am older than you, right? Because I'm I'm 45 and you're how old? 32. Okay, yeah. So I like because I I remember seeing, um, I think going with my mom to see a Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy versus no Jason. Way. I seen yeah, Freddy versus Jason. I seen with my friends in New York. I remember that. There was a recent one that I just remember the end. It was a fairly good film, and then the end, it just, like, ends with dream. 
dream, dream, dream. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, how do you end it like that? Like, <laughs> you're ending this with like a beautiful freaking 50s, you know, 40s, 50s song. And it's like, good god. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to snoop now and try and figure out which one that was. Do you remember? That's, you know, it's one of those things when it's like, like for us, like I saw, okay, I saw Jeepers Creepers in the theaters. Yeah, you know, only like, me too. That's yeah. more, yeah. I haven't seen that many us it was more like trying to find those like indie film festivals you know to see those like international horror movies yeah <laughs> like, I wish I saw Nightmare on Elm when it came out god damn I was born in the wrong fucking year no no but it's good you got there's stuff now but like like the way movies are now they're just so different like if you see a movie like Friday the 13th the original one or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween like movies like that are not done like that anymore it's just so crazy you know there's not enough slashers anymore that's the thing the 80s we were really big on like one killer you know yeah that was a thing when now like i don't know about you but i've been fucking watching so many movies during this quarantine and yeah. uh, so much paranormal there's yeah. a lot more people are scared, I think, <laughs> about being on webcam and seeing something in the background during their Zoom call. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that now, you know? Yeah. Oh. I'm like, bring back the freaking, uh, you know, Br- bring back the classic masked folk. Yeah. Well, speaking of masks and, like, makeup, I know, like, Freddy's makeup in the 80s was, like, something, like, people were bugging out with. Um, What's... Well, since you're, you know, you do mask yourself and makeup, what, what, what did you thought about, like, the whole Freddy face and the makeup and whatnot? Oh, it was amazing. Honestly, like we were saying, like, the effects are timeless in this film. And, like, I know, like, I know for a fact that, you know, he freaking sat there for three hours minimum, probably. Minimum. Yeah. Each time. Like, that's not a mask he wore. Like, they weren't making a silicone mask. That was, like, prosthetics. Yeah. yeah. And, like... Like, thank God Robert England is, like, super patient because, like, I could just imagine somebody who's like, I can't be in this anymore. <laughs> I know. Sitting there through all that shit, yep. Yeah, know? even, like, I was watching a scene, I want to say it was from the first one, but they go to, like, he goes to, like, rip off his head and, like, you just see his brain pumping underneath and I'm like, yep. I can only imagine how many takes that took. Yep. Or, or when he tells he tells the girl, watch this, watch this, and he cuts his finger off, and you see the blood coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much coordination with that kind of shit, and then you're like, all right, we need to do this all over again. Yeah. I have so much respect for the makeup effects, and, you know, even just the practical effects. When she's running up the stairs, she's, like, oozing inward. I'm oh, like, yeah. what? <laughs> that room that spins is insane. Like, it's bananas what they went through to make that. Yeah. How did you like the way Johnny Depp's character Glenn dies? Remind me, he's the one in the bed, right? Yes, with the TV and the headphones on, and then Freddie just grabs him from the middle yeah, of the bed. No, that's a classic. No, I love that. Like, to me, that was super, like, <gasps> we've all had those moments of, like, oh my God, yep. is there someone there? <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. was a lot of fucking blood, though. Like, it was a it's whole insane. bunch of blood. And then how do you explain that, like, in the mil- in the film, when the mother opens the room, seeing a blood, and you see a hole in the bed, like, how do you explain that? Like, what the fuck happened, you know? Like, <laughs> what just happened here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, literally, when that blood's coming out, it looks like they must have had a freaking fire hydrant with just, like, a yeah. bunch of red paint. Like, one, two, three, go! <laughs> yeah. 
Or could it have been like filmed in reverse or some shit to make it look like it's shooting up when it's actually shooting down? Like, I don't know how that yeah, effect exactly. works out. That whole story, like when they did the behind the scenes thing, saying that they built that turning room and how like literally like some of the folks got electrocuted because like the thing actually fell. Yeah. I was like, this is what I love about film though. Cause film back then and film, if you guys ever work on projects with your friends and you're making like a horror movie, you're like, fuck this. Like I'm doing this for production value. Like I'm going to go all out. Like you want me to hold a real knife really close to me? You know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be careful, but I'm going to do it. Cause it's going to look way cooler on screen. And then shit like that happens. And they're all like, you can see them like during the interview they're like smile they're like yeah it was crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's like that would never happen now there are so many like sign-offs like actors are so like you know like they're very good at keeping people safe now but man like look what they ended up with you know which is amazing (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) oh man mad respect (laughs) i know you know, there there was also a remake to the original. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you did, what what was your what was your thoughts on the remake that they a did? Remake to the original? I have no idea. Yeah, um, um, Jackie, Jack, Jackie James Early is Freddy Krueger in the in the um reboot, which was I don't know. Well, well I, I want you to see it first before Is that you judge the one it. I maybe saw. Oh, I don't. Yo, spoilers don't spoil anything for me. Talk to me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, like, they, they, they did a fucking... Re- like, the way they did for... The, you know how they remade Friday the 13th? Like, yeah. they, they did the same thing with A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And then Halloween, they remade them all, you know? they Yeah. But it's not... It doesn't hold a candlestick to the <sighs> original. This might have been the one I saw. This was 2010. Yeah. So you saw that one? Yeah, before? I think I saw... Yeah, this is legit the one I saw in theaters. So I got to see the reboot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. What, what what did you think about that one you saw? What did you think about that? I wasn't impressed. Like, I'm even... I'm re-looking at, like, you know, his face in here. I'm just like... I remember, again, I was always a big Myers fan, right? Yeah. Again, the original still holds it. Yeah. This was more like this is fluff to me. Yes, yes. You said the perfect word, fluff. It's you know it's very hard with horror remakes, you know, to give them a chance. But like, there's only so many that got away with making of like a remake, in my opinion. Like Amityville Horror, that original movie. Like I think of scary movie at the same time when I watch the yeah. movie because <laughs> it it was it had those cheesy seventies nuances. It's not a movie that I rewatch that often. Yeah. But the remake with Ryan Reynolds, honestly, they did a fairly good job at capturing like that wool vibe, you know? Yeah, like the same thing with like if you see Dawn of the Dead and the and the remake, like. It was yes. two totally yeah. different movies. It wasn't the same yeah. movie. Totally different movies. And, you know, you have the original one, and then you have this one, The Zombies Run. That's what made it different. It was, you know, the, the mall scenario was the same, but it was different. It, it was its own movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, that that was an amazing, an amazing reproduction kind of vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. So you but saw... This one, like, honestly, like, look, I couldn't even recall to you whether I watched it or not. It clearly didn't impact me at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still always think back to the original. Always. Yeah, yeah like, not, nothing can hold nothing, a candle to Robert England. Like, Robert England personified Freddy Krueger. I don't, I don't think... 
it wouldn't have worked if they didn't have Robert England as that role because I think originally they wanted a stuntman and I think uh, David Warner was in it. But mm-hmm. without Robert England and him bringing his nuance and his character of, you know, playing the character of Freddy Krueger, like, I don't see any, I, I don't think the movie would have been as successful as it was because, you know, they had different stuntmen playing Jason, different stuntmen playing Michael, but it was the personality of Freddy Krueger that gave it levity and gave it light. And without having Robert England there, I don't think you could put Joe Schmoe there when it had been a successful movie. You probably could have, it, it probably could have been okay because, you know, eventually Freddy Krueger had lines and Freddy Krueger was a character. So you needed to have that same continuity with having the same actor there. So, you know, like yeah, Freddy Krueger wasn't... Like Michael Myers where you can throw like... A, a, I don't want to say a shapeless mask, you know, because him it was makeup. Yeah. So, and, and like you're talking expressions and the way he spoke, like he really took, he really created, in my opinion, Freddie. Yeah. For sure, Robert England. Yeah. I know. Because even in Michael Myers' movie, like after one and two, the masks were different. And, the, you know, and, and it wasn't yeah. the same, the same thing. The masks were different. Even, even the Freddie the 13, like, I don't think. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if people paid attention to it. Like, all right, it's Michael Myers. They didn't say, hey, it's not Kane Hodder playing Michael Myers. Like, people don't pay attention to stuff like that. But I just think, like, if it was a different Freddy, people would have noticed it, though. You know, like, people noticed it. People noticed it with that reboot. Like, oh, that's not our Freddy Krueger. That's not him, you know? And you know what? I think that's the thing about us horror people is we're very particular you know, yeah. in, the, in the sense that we're very detailed about, like, we like a character because we like a character for a specific reason, you know? Exactly. Like, we get down to those nitty-gritties. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on a scale of um, um, one to four stars, what do you rank um, on that Mary Elm Street, 1984? Like an 11. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it's, it's a super well-done film. That's definitely, like, you know what I mean? Four on four for sure. Yeah. It's great. I, I can't even, like, can you spot something you didn't like about the movie? Um, hmm. My, I don't really think I have any criticism about it. Like, thinking about it now from watching it, like, I don't know. I, 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 I think it was a... I think it was just a perfect film. Like, I think the only criticism, like, even when I was younger watching the criticism I had was the ending. Like, what? What's that? The car? That's so it, funny. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I was like, what the fuck? And then the mother gets sucked into the fucking, like, the hole of the, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And it, I, I, like, I like that twist ending because it was like, was it a fucking dream? Like, what the fuck? They're all dead? Everybody's dead? Like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. I think... I Yeah, I love that about that. There's something to be said about those... Rather than it just being one of those movies where it's like keep shoot you you know like shoot him dead like you gotta make sure he's dead kind of thing with him it's more like no 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 I'm gonna throw this at you you know yeah. <laughs> stick some creepy kids over there and freaking whip your mom through a door like <laughs> <laughs> next level <laughs> yeah you know like uh, I I felt bad for her and then it's like at the ending because she was like I took a I, I take away every little bit of energy I you know I gave you or whatnot and then like he tried to kill her and then all of a sudden she opens the door and it's like light and bright and her mother's alive and then you know she goes on you know they they goes to her friend's car they pick her up everybody who died in a movie is still alive you know it's like 
it's a whole fucking mind fuck. Like you're like, what what's going on? You know? Back then, yeah. you know, there was no internet to like look up shit on why this happened or go to YouTube and see like a movie review of why this happened. You just had to like figure it out yourself. Like what the hell happened? That's very true. Yeah. yeah think about that. Like in the eighties we had no YouTube, we had no movie review shows. You just had to like figure it out. Like or talk to people about it. Like, what do you think happened? You think everybody's dead? Like what's going on? Why they drove in a Freddy Krueger car? His colors were on top of the fucking convertible. Like what's going on? His mother gets her mother gets sucked into the peephole and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> And you see the girls in the jump rope singing the the nursery rhyme. So it's just like, it, it bu- it's bugged out. The ending is just bugged out. I just remember yeah. I was just being freaked out by that. Like, what the hell? What's going on? Dude, what's just happened? Yep. <laughs> you know? Like, I need to rewind this. You're like, no, no, that did just happen. <laughs> yeah, I think it's human nature that we just want closure. We don't want things left open-ended, you know, like, you know, like a relationship or whatnot. Oh, so, so are we over? Is this over? So you're telling me it's over, you know, like... You know, you, you you want that you want that somebody telling you it's yeah. over, move on. Okay, yeah. you know, that's it. Yeah, so. I love that about this. It's like they they kind of took that Hitchcock yeah. slash um, fucking what were those old things we used to watch? Twilight Zone. You know, they 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 kind of took that twist for it, and you're like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it totally went the other way with that movie, though. It totally did, you know. Mm-hmm. But I get it. You know what's really cool too? What? It's like this. Like Freddy was huge when it came to like MTV and stuff. It almost brought horror way back into popularity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, somewhat. Yeah, because you had at that time eighty four. I believe you had a Friday the Thirteenth that came out. I don't know. I think the first one came out in 1980. Then 84, you had... No, 78, you had Halloween. 80, you had Friday the 13th. 84, you had A Nightmare on Elm Street. I believe... 74 was freaking Texas. You know, Texas Chainsaw. Yes. When was that? That was in 80... Was it the 70s? Yeah, yeah. 74. 74. So, like, you had... It was it was booming up there. Like, I forgot what was after Freddy. Because I think... A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, I think it came out two years later, I believe. I'm not totally sure about that with my dates. Uh-huh. But then you had 2, which was like a totally different movie, you know? And then yeah. 3 is another different movie. But it's like, you know what it is? Because there's different directors and different directions That's of the it. movie, you know? Yeah, I started watching 2 right after watching 1. And I was like, I, I remember 2 because yeah. that huge pool party scene. I always remember that for yeah. some reason. It cracked me up. But it's like just the whole style to it, completely different. Yeah. Wes Craven was really good at setting up a movie, setting up for suspense, and just, you know, visually. Like, he's just great, man. Yeah, and to believe he's not here no more, but his legacy lives on with, like, the Scream franchises, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, Wes Craven has done a lot, a lot of films, you know, so. I believe The Hills Have Eyes, too, right? Is it Wes Craven? Absolutely, and that's a great film. Yes, yes. See, but again, it's like Hills Have Eyes, that was like, it's like a family, you know? Whereas Freddy, it's it's like more like Texas, more like Michael, more like, Jason, where it's like one specific slasher. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So you said you gave um, A Nightmare four stars, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. four on four. 
I gave it four stars. Yeah, two. I just like I was, like I remember being young, just fucked up about the ending. Like I wanted closure, and I didn't get any until two years later when there was a sequel. And I still like like you never got closure in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It was like, all right, there's this thing, there's a sequel. There's part three. There's part four. There's part five. There's part six. You know, you keep going on. Like okay, like you figure like every movie you're gonna go see. I think back then you're like. Finally, he's going to fucking take it. He's going to fucking die. He's going to die this mm-hmm. time. And then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. There's a sequel. Oh, shit. The light turns on in that little dollhouse. Oh, fuck. He's alive. Yeah. You know? It's like you want to see it happen, but at the same time, you're like, nah, another one. Yep. <laughs> I know. To think about it, we wasn't even, like, looking up, like, when is this film getting made? Are they in production now? Like, you didn't hear nothing about, like... You know, like the Marvel films you hear now, they're shooting in Australia right now for Thor, Love and Thunder. Like their production is set, you know, and they're shooting, they're filming as we speak. You didn't hear shit like that. I guess because we were young and we didn't pay attention, but you didn't hear Nightmare on Street is on production right now. They're filming this like you didn't hear shit like that. You just like see a trailer. You're like, oh, shit, they made a new one. It's coming out. Holy fuck. You know, I can't wait. You know, I'm trying to think Did Fangoria. They had magazines back in the 80s, maybe-ish. I, I, yeah, but think about it. Did you buy Fangoria back in the 80s like that? Like, did you purchase... I, I was reading Fango when I was in high school. That's when I got really into it. So did you get it, like, at your local stores? Like, oh, like, this is... Man, I had to find a specialty shop. We had, like, one or two places that would get... Um, ours was called Multimags here. But yeah. they had, like, all kinds of magazines from everywhere. And I would literally... I had, like my little allowance I would spend and I'm like like mom like this is research and development like I need this stuff I would always get like Fango Remorg Horror Hound and like whatever kind of weird movie or like spooky looking thing I could and like I love like what's that word like I'm super tactile so physically like holding a magazine going through it also hiding it in your binder at school and being like look at this sick shit (laughs) (laughs) sorry teachers i was never listening (laughs) you see so like at that time you already knew like horror was your thing like you know that's that was gonna be your thing but like i'm yeah you're right like how did word get around about this I know. I don't like, even know if there was cons. Like there must have been some kind of convention in the eighties where people would get together. I don't like if it if it was. I don't believe. I don't even like there probably was, but like we were younger back then, so we didn't really pay attention to that. You know, yeah. it's like you leave a movie and that's it. You're done with the movie. Like at that time, you're like, wait, is there gonna be a sequel? What's going on? What's going on? Then it's like you leave it and you just live your life. Then eventually, <laughs> yeah, you see yeah. a commercial. You're like, oh shit, there's gonna be a fucking sequel. What? What? There's more yeah. two coming out, you know? And then that's how you pretty much find out about it, you know? And because I remember, like, I got magazines, like, it older, like, in my late teenager years, then I started getting, like, Fangoria and then um, Toy, Toy, Toy Fair magazine and whatnot, Wizard magazine nice. and whatnot. No, man, there's some good ones out there. It was one of those things, right? It's like, how do you keep busy and, like, stay what you're, like, stay into what you're into kind of thing? Yeah. Love that stuff. I kept, uh, like, I had to get rid of a lot of mine, but I kept a fair chunk of the ones that I, you know, like, covers that were stupid relevant to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got rid of all my magazines. And I used to collect, 
like the wrestling magazines, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, World of Wrestling, nice. and, and Fangoria, and, and Toy Fair, Wizard. I mean, I had a stack of magazines that I got rid of. I remember. I'm like, shit. And then you think about it. Think about all the money you spent on those magazines where now... No one really buys magazines anymore. You can pretty much Google it and get the articles online. You know, it's just so crazy how, like, different times was, you know? No, big time, yeah. Hey, boy. Yeah, but that was our review, somewhat, of A Nightmare on Elm Street. We got a little other topics in there, but that was a review of A Nightmare on Elm Street with the one, the only... The makeup effects artist extraordinaire, the horror icon, the guru of sexiness, Vicky Clarici. It's one of those things where that's such a classic, and I'm so glad we got to go over that film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. We should do another horror film sometime. Um, do a rewatch of something and do like a drunken, like I said before, we got it. I said it before off the air. We got to do like a drunk review or something, take shots review of some movie out there. I'll figure it out and then we'll so definitely fun. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky, um, promote your social media, promote your stuff like you did the last time. All right. You can follow me on Instagram. So that's makeupbilly. You can follow me on Twitch, same thing, twitch.tv slash makeupbilly. You can come to my YouTube channel, again, makeupbilly, and my website if you want to shop some masks, and that's www.makeupbilly.com. Have you ever made a Freddy Krueger mask? Totes. Really? I call it the Dream Warrior. Ooh, and how the, how, um, yeah. did, for a customer, or you just did it for yourself, or? I did it for myself. Honestly, it was one of those things, like, I mean, like, a lot of my buddies were requesting that I make a Freddy, and I was like, you know what, screw it, I really like his textures. One thing I was always really good in school at was um, burn burns and makeup effects. Yeah. I've always been intrigued, like, I used to look at all those real photos and kind of, you know, try and replicate it as best as I could. I have a pretty strong stomach for that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, you know what, he's going to be a challenge. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, it'll be really cool to try and have this at a show and see what people think. And honestly, that's been, uh, like, he's, he's a pretty big popular one, right? Again, he's yeah. very pop-cultured, too, because yeah. of, you know, the time he came out, a lot of parents, kids. Like, he's a well-known character. I never have to be like, that's not Michael Myers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I find Jason and Michael Myers, everyone's going to fuck those two up. But when it comes to Freddy, it's like, no, 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 I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was a fun one to sculpt for sure. Oh, man. See, because Freddy is like an icon, especially with that. It's, it's, it like, it, I think it would be so hard to do, right, to get, like, the line. Because there's been, like, different makeup artists on different sequels have their own interpretation of what Freddy looks like. I don't know if they use the same pattern for every fucking movie, but, like... Does it look different in every movie? I'm not sure. I mean, he has different angles, right? Like, when yeah. I was sculpting him, I think I was using scenes from part four. I was literally using scenes from part four when he's, like, there. Again, he's he's by a pool. He's taking his Ray-Bans off. Yeah. <laughs> I had those very... Well, because then they were such close-up screenshots. And I'm, like, I liked his smirk. Yeah. I kind of wanted, like, a, a devilish kind of look. So I really just stuck with that. Whereas I think, you know, people tend to, especially in the mask 
you know, this whole like mask making industry, you really focus on, okay, well, this is a Freddy part one. This is a Freddy part two. This is a, yeah. Yeah. Kind of just take those screenshots and make it as close as you can. I mean, I'm happy with the one that I made. Obviously he's not flexible. It's not like a silicone mask where you can wear it and be like, yeah, I'm actually Freddy and I'm, you know, my mouth is moving. Yeah, but but it doesn't. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't look like one of those fucking masks you buy at Spirit of Halloween's, where it looks like oh, big, no. over <laughs> those overinflated masks. It looks like a heart on the fucking face. <laughs> it's like here's your Freddy crap face. Yep. Can you pay me two hundred dollars? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right. I'll burn it. It's <laughs> so bad. I feel so bad. Like, it's one of those things where I love to, you know, like when you're actually exposing your mask and stuff, it's like, guys, there's better than just, we have party mania here, you know? Yeah. I'm like, there's better than that out there. Like, just, ugh, like, go on eBay, Google it. You're going to find a bunch of artists. Go on Etsy. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You should, yeah. Do a, you should do a live Freddy mask making thing, like for Halloween or some bullshit, you know? <laughs> oh, totally. Well, like, one thing I really want to get into for everyone is just, you know, giving backup stories as to why I made each mask that I, like, that I have, yeah. even if they're replicas. Because, yeah. again, like we said, like, Freddy kind of, you know, the original Nightmare has a really big place in the heart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those moments where it's like, sometimes you got to make something because you just, you got to. Yep, that is so true. Uh, Vicky, thank you so much for joining me on this um, discussion about Nightmare on Elm Street. And I always, always, always look forward to talking to you again. Ah, same with you, man. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk horror movies. It's so fun. Yep, not a problem. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Uh, have a good one, folks. Oh, that was a bad Freddy Krueger. <laughs> have a good one, folks.